0: Hi, I'm John, I'm Jared, and I'm Brian, and welcome to the Citrus Church Vital Conversations podcast. Healthcare is front and center in the world, thanks to the COVID-19 pandemic, and for people of faith, access to affordable and equitable healthcare models the healing work of Jesus Christ. So today, we're talking about health.
1: Welcome to the Vital Conversations podcast. We are broadcasting from the intersection of Christian faith and society. This podcast aims to inform and motivate people of faith on issues of social justice and concern.
0: So, as we get started, we would like to at least qualify up front that neither, none of us are healthcare professionals per se, but we've dabbled in certain areas. So, um, I have I have no healthcare <laughs> <laughs> anything at all, nothing. Um, but Jared, you mentioned some things.
1: Yeah, um, earlier on, I guess. During my college years, I helped take care of my grandparents for about a year and a half, two years, roughly. So I say I'm an unregistered registered nurse at this point. I've done almost everything. And I also sold insurance for a while, and I had to get a healthcare insurance license. So I was helped with people getting on a Medicare. had to learn a lot. It's not very interesting stuff, so I had to find a way to, like, sell it. Mm-hmm. but yeah that's my expertise what about you John
2: I uh, grew up in a, a household where my mom is a registered nurse uh, so she's been a nurse since I was in the fourth grade she went back to school for that when I was in second grade um, so I saw her go through schooling for that and then I spent a lot of my uh, youth in the hospital because that's where she worked um, now I'm a social work student, and so part of uh, my education is around health care and the field of social work and the intersection of that.
0: So we've at least got something that we can work with. Something. A <laughs> okay. little something, a little something. Well, when I think about health, I realize uh, it's important for us to connect that as people of faith back to Scripture. Um, so I want to keep our conversation, or at least begin our conversation, from the point of Scripture Especially on this podcast, I want to show two things, how issues like health and climate, racial equality and peace, how they're not how we typically see them, which is just political agendas, that in fact these things are core to who God was, is, and will be. Second, I want to show that Christians, in particular us who are part of the United Methodist tradition, that the connection between our faith and society and issues like health and health care are really crucial and important. And so I was thinking about Jesus' words in John 10.10 10, when Jesus says, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Uh, so to y'all, what does that mean? What does that verse mean in relation to health? To have a life and have it more abundantly.
2: I'm going to let John go first.
0: Okay, great. Uh, thanks, Jared. <laughs> You're
2: welcome. Um, I, I think about um, the work of jesus while he was on the planet and much of that work was about restoring the health of the people around him um some of that was physical health some of that was mental health um and so when jesus says he came to bring abundant life to the people we saw that happen throughout his ministry um through touch and through words of healing and through affirmation and um even uh tearing down some of the systems that created challenges for the people so um i can relate this back to healthcare because Jesus quite literally healed people, and that was one of the ways he was able to bring abundant life to the people around him. Jared, do you have anything to add? Sure, I
1: guess I'll go ahead. Um, so I've been doing a book study on Screw Tape Letters, and in one of the recent letters, we talked about Screw Tape Letters is a book written by C.S. Lewis. And it's written from the perspective of a tempter or a demon trying to coach another junior tempter on how to sway a soul away from God. And in this like specific letter, it was talking about they wanted the man to have this like dormant life. They wanted him to basically like do everything he could to keep from enjoying life, to do everything he could to keep from like doing his like normal Christian habits, like reading the Bible, praying, going out enjoying life and even sitting with friends. They wanted them to basically like sit inside and mm-hmm. like stare into a fire for like hours to just keep him from having any interaction that might lead him back to God. And I think that's what it to have life, I think that's what it brings to mind. We're intended to go out and actually enjoy life, not to be like dormant, almost boring people. I don't mm-hmm. think that was ever God's intention. When I was in youth in like high school, one of the youth pastors we had was like, keep in mind, like, we do understand that Jesus's first miracle was at a wedding. A wedding is like, theoretically, it's a party. Not only is it a party, he turned water into wine. I'm pretty sure like Jesus was having fun at this wedding. It's okay to be like Christian and have fun and have an enjoyable life within, you know, certain terms. And I think that's what kind of having a life means. Have it more abundantly, I can't exactly put it in the words. I have an idea of what it would be, but I can't put it in the words. But I feel like that's what have a life means. Mm.
0: One of the things I appreciate about how we connect Scripture is that a lot of what we see in the Bible seems foreign to us today. And what we see, if we kind of use terms as we've done this podcast before, that, that makes sense back then, Jesus... Engage with people who didn't have access to healthcare, um, and so he would almost make a, a, an effort to go and find those, or to bring healing to those who didn't have the resources, or the opportunity, or the social situation to obtain their own healing. You know, whether they were stuck by a pool, or they'd had something since birth, or they'd been outcast. Um, and so I, it's important for us to remember there's there's barriers then like today that keep people from the quality access. To healthcare that we all want and desire um, to prevent us from getting sick, to keep us from getting sick. Um, so our work on healthcare, mental health, and addictions hopes to address those kind of policies. The United Methodist Church has put a lot of time, energy, and focus into finding the things that obstruct good health so that people can live a full life. It's not just about our spiritual life as we're talking about. Uh, our spiritual life is our life, and so these things are all tied up together. So one of the things I think is kind of neat is uh, John Wesley, the founder of Methodism, uh, also, I think, understood this idea. And so he wrote a book called The Primitive Physic, An Easy and Natural Method of Curing Most Diseases. And we need to put an asterisk on this to say these may not be the things you want to try today. So if you read this, we might link it in the show notes. Maybe don't try these. Uh, Don't try this at home. Don't try this at (laughs) home. But his idea was he was a pastor, but he wanted to make sure that people had access to full health. And so he gave them remedies with things that they already had on hand. So a lot of the folks he served didn't have access to health and health care. And so he was saying, here's how you can have a full and abundant and healthy life with the things already on hand.
2: There's also like the, something I forgot to say earlier is that, like healthcare in the United States, we spend more money per capita on healthcare than any other wealthy uh, nation in the world. And our <laughs> interventions are, are, in some ways, the least effective. Mm. Um, and that's because we don't focus on prevention and wellness. We focus on treating symptoms. Mm. Um, and so um, that's where that, those social determinants of health come in and, and making sure that everybody has. Um, an equitable shot in the world, so
0: So as a church and as people of faith, if we're not directly in the healthcare field, how do we make a difference? How do we make a difference as far as health or yeah I just asked the questions
2: what can what can we promote that's going to? Um, affect the health of the people around us. What um, What's missing in the world that we can see uh, and fill in the gap? So um, what I mean is um, do people in nearby communities have access to um, healthy, fresh fruits and vegetables? Can we, as a church... Um, start a community garden? Or can we as a church start a farmer's market that's in their communities? Um, uh, do the people in our own community have access to uh, a living wage that's going to provide not only uh, the money that they're going to need to access clinical care, but also um, jobs that will? Uh, give them access to, to health insurance. Um, and if we see that that's not happening, um, how can we as people of faith connect with the, uh, political leaders in our community to create more equitable laws and, and say that we advocate for them. Mm -hmm. Um, there's a lot that we can do as a church and as a, a people of faith. Um, we just have to, uh, uh, think outside the box and, and look at what's missing um, because if we, if we try to look we'll see it mm.
0: we live in the suburbs and the area for Horizon West is the suburbs and the suburbs are really good about hiding anything that could be wrong it's, they're really good at presenting the, the abundant air quote kind of picture of life um, and so it, I think it can be harder in this area to see needs um, especially like me who kind of lives, works, and plays in this and doesn't kind of go outside of it. And so I think it does take a trained eye or or at least paying attention to be able to see how there could be a food desert just on the side of Horizon West where there's not um, access to quality ingredients, to healthy ingredients. There may be lots of fast food, but but there wouldn't be kind of like uh, farmer's market-type vegetables and those kind of healthy things.
2: Yeah, and at the same time... um we know that a two percent decrease in the the water that's in your body has an eleven percent decrease effect on brain function um, and this it's similar to um, hunger like if we are hungry, then our brain doesn't function as well but we um, in the even us in the suburbs live in a culture where we value um Output more than our ability to do things in in the world more than taking care of ourselves um, and i I was telling Jared on the way here, I thought I was running late, but I was hungry, so I decided um not to eat, and then it, had i had I, I got here and on the way here, I thought um that's not a good idea like I'm about to be on a podcast where i'm going to have to think about the things that I say and I'm the, what I do is not going to be as good if I am hungry and thinking about my need to sustain my body. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do we um, as a church um, also encourage the people in our community to take care of themselves, to take care of their mental health, mm-hmm. to not um, uh, rely so heavily on what they're able to do produce um, so as to diminish their own needs because that's going to, in um, the long term, have an effect on them and the world around them. I think one of those things, like you said, how do we
1: kind of change that feeling of showing what we can do versus taking care of ourselves? And I think part of what that is, is better education. Mm. So I watch this YouTube channel called Better Ideas, and I think the guy's, like, can, I think he's Canadian or something like that. But I've learned a whole lot of, like, interesting things about how to just take care of yourself. Because, like, the three of us are sitting here drinking coffee right now. I never considered this, but, like, coffee stay, or caffeine stays in your system for, like, at least 10 to 14 hours. Thanks for calling us out, Darren.
0: You're welcome. I think unless you have children, then it diminishes by a factor of two. It does not. (laughs) It does not. I know nothing about health care.
1: (laughs) But it's a good example of just kind of taking our our health in a different, because like I said, we drink caffeine. It stays in your system for like 10 to 14 hours, but it's what keeps us going through today so we can do... More Mm. versus, like you said, there's that drop in brain activity if we don't drink enough water. So, like substituting some of that water for some of that caffeine for water throughout the day, drinking it at certain times, I never considered that. But once you do, over the last maybe three or four months, I've tried to change some of my habits so that I can do more, like actually going to bed at night before like 2 a.m., still a work in progress. Um, getting up earlier so I can do more. Drinking more water throughout the day so I'm actually hydrated and I feel like I can do more. Exercising so I don't feel tired from doing like very small stuff. Like even on Sunday mornings, I used to get like winded by like eight thirty by like eight forty-five. We'll say, and it's like I don't look like I'm out of shape, but I'm out of shape. I should not be tired. So I should probably like work out. I should probably like exercise and work out more so this doesn't happen. So I think it's that idea of uh, better education of knowing what effects maybe water or foods have on our bodies, so that we can actually do more. That'd be my take on it. So
0: I love that. I think I like that too. I think another practical thing that I've seen some, there's a there's a group in our church and they've got a text message, maybe Facebook messenger conversation going and they're trying to encourage each other in their healthy eating. So um, they'll, say, you know, what are you making for dinner tonight? And um, I think most of that group has kids too. And so they're trying to figure out what can we put on the plate that's healthy? How do we take better care of ourselves? They congratulate and celebrate each other when they kind of reach milestones, um, whether it's with, with kind of eating or um, exercising or that. And I think that's a good example of how the church, maybe that's not our primary mission as we see it, but how the church community can be a support system in helping us to live an abundant life and how we define that in one way. So I think that's a great example. And I've seen that group kind of in, in process for the last two years or so. And, and I can see the changes in the lifestyles for those folks. And so I think it's a it's big things of how do we change the barriers that keep people out of the healthcare, um, out of getting the services they need, but it's also the everyday stuff too. With that in mind, one of my hopes is that one day we'll have a chance to, um, have a sanctuary that's not a cafeteria that um, was used for the rest of the week by, by, by children in that format. But one of the things that the very first United Methodist church, so to speak, um, was actually an abandoned cannon factory, which I think is pretty cool. It's called the Foundry. And they bought it, they renovated it, and they turned it into their first sanctuary. And So when you think sanctuary, you think kind of pews, all these kind of like ornate kinds of things. And it had that, but they made sure that the pews weren't attached, that they could move out. So they'd have worship on Sundays in groups. And then during the week, uh, Wesley and others used it as a hospital. So they would bring in, um, whether they were beds or kind of treatment tables or those kinds of things, and as a community center. And I've always loved the idea that sacred space isn't just for Sunday worship, that sacred space and places of healing also happen around health. And so the idea that we worship here and heal our spirits. And then we can also have our bodies here healed on Monday. I mean, I'd I love the idea of the church recapturing that in some way in the modern age.
2: Look at um, how many of our health systems in the United States have a denomination attached to them. Yeah. We have Baptist health systems where I'm from. Uh, here we have an Adventist health system, mm-hmm. um, and so the church has been doing this for a long time. Um, and I, w- I also would love to see it. How do we not only promote um, bodily health through through having a hospital, but how do we promote um, all around wellness as a church by um,
0: with the, with the spaces that we call our sanctuaries? Mm. I don't know if in their rebrand they did this. This post is not sponsored by Advent Health. They are welcome to be a sponsor if they'd like. Um, but when Advent Health was Florida Hospital, it, it, they're one of the Adventist systems. But their mission statement was uh, promoting the healing ministry of Christ, mm. and I think they've still kept that cap- that idea together that their work as healthcare professionals and all that they do, whether it's heart surgery or something else, is extending the healing ministry of Christ. Um, and so, yeah, you're right, John, to that point, that's, we, we see that in that still, even with rebrands and that, I think they're still tied to that same mission. One of the things I think, uh, you were
2: talking about the foundry, it was a hospital, but it was also a community center. And so I think, um, something that these health systems are lacking is the tie to the community and bringing people together um, and promoting all around um, wellness and mental health and preventative health, um, which I think, um, like I said, there's a gap uh, in that in our world. And so I, I would love to see us have a sanctuary that, um, would fill that gap Mm. Um, how do we bring people together throughout the week how do we connect make connections with one another um, across faith lines um, in a
0: way that promotes wholeness Mm -hmm. um, with one another absolutely we've got some unique opportunities the whole design of horizon west was a garden city idea and that you kind of put a lot of things together. You don't have to be familiar with garden cities. You just have to know about Walt Disney's idea of Epcot and the idea of kind of combining services together. The idea was that communities could be walkable. Mm. And one of the hopes I have for this area and for us as a church is that if we ever build some kind of building, that it is more than just a Sunday space, that it could be a place where other faiths, whether they're Jewish or Muslim or others can find their first worship space or that it is a community center. Um, and there's some examples of that throughout the country. And I think those are inspiring because it, it really captures the mission of the church beyond what we do on Sunday. Yeah. It feels, we feel so caught up in what we do on Sunday as the church. So some collaboration, I think, would be really neat. And this area at least affords the opportunity for it.
2: This podcast is also not sponsored by Horizons West. But if anyone would like to uh, contribute to this idea of a community center, we would love that. <laughs> I second that emotion.
0: Well, uh, in terms of practical next steps, if you want to learn more about what it means to be a United Methodist and how our faith connects with our work and our life and the society as a whole, uh, visit umcjustice.org. We'll have a link in the description to read more about how we as people of faith can respond to issues like addiction, mental health, HIV and AIDS, and more. So thanks for listening in can review us on iTunes or share us with a friend